Good morning. You're listening to On This Day with Brian Byrne. It's Wednesday, 6th of May, 2020, and this is Kilcullen Diary. On May 6th, 1994, the Channel Tunnel was officially opened by Queen Elizabeth II of the United Kingdom and President François Mitterrand of France. Their separate trains nosed together at Calais for the occasion, and then both travelled to Folkestone in England for a similar ceremony. At 23.5 miles, it has the longest undersea tunnel section in the world. It cost the equivalent of almost 14 billion euros in today's money, and was 80% more than planned. The actual construction took six years and employed 13,000 people during the peak of that work. There are actually three tunnels, two main ones in parallel for the trains to travel on one-way systems and a service tunnel in the middle, which can be used for emergency evacuation. The facility carries on average 60,000 passengers a day with 4,600 trucks, 140 coaches and more than 7,000 cars. The value of the trade between the UK and continental Europe, which travels through the tunnel each year, is estimated at 140 billion euros. The tunnel was constructed by a consortium of banks and construction companies, and the operating company Eurotunnel has a franchise from the British and French governments to operate it until 2052. It was a long time coming. There were plans mooted for such a tunnel as far back as 1802. One Albert Matthew produced a proposal which suggested two tunnels meeting on an artificial island in the English Channel. Horses for the coaches which would use the oil lamps lit tunnels would be changed on the island. In 1875, a Channel Tunnel Company was incorporated and seven years later had bored trial sections before the project was abandoned. Britain's politicians and media had scuppered it on the grounds of national security and hyped fears that it could be used to invade Britain. In 1974, there was the first UK and French governments-backed scheme, but it was cancelled a year later by a new Labour government in Britain. They weren't sure about EEC membership. In 1986, the final successful project was begun with the signing of the Treaty of Canterbury. Along the way, there were a number of significant people who backed a tunnel plan. British Prime Minister David Lloyd George proposed one in 1919 to reassure the French that they would be supported by Britain in any future invasion by Germans. But the French weren't interested. Winston Churchill was an enthusiastic proponent, writing in favour of the idea in the 1920s and the 1930s. The eventual project was supported by British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher in 1981, when she and Mitterrand agreed to set up a working group. There was opposition, of course, from the cross-channel ferry industry, but that failed to stop the progress of this scheme. Though the public favoured a drive-through tunnel, the eventual system was for the use by trains only. In part, this was a sop to the ferry industry, but also was considered the easiest to defend against terrorism. After much complicated arranging of ownership and finance, tunnelling began in 1988. On October 30, 1990, Englishman Graham Fagg and Frenchman Philippe Cosette broke through the service tunnel from either side with live TV coverage. The tunnel has proved a success. 
And though it carries an enormous amount of freight and passenger traffic, it hasn't supplanted ferries to anywhere close to the extent that industry feared. There have been a few problems. There were three fires in 1996, 2006 and 2012, which necessitated closure for periods. There's now an automatic fire extinguishing system. In 2009, a breakdown involving five Eurostar trains trapped 2,000 passengers for 16 hours. On the upside, around 12 million roses are delivered for Valentine's Day each year through the tunnel and about 2 million dogs and cats have been carried through since the year 2000 and the introduction of a pet travel scheme between the UK and continental Europe. I've travelled on it once. Just over two years ago I drove a Tesla electric car from Austria to Dublin and I used the tunnel to get from Calais to Britain. It was a very efficient 35 minutes, but a strange train ride with no view. There's still something nice about a ferry crossing that allows a motorist to get off the speeding world for an hour or two.